Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. Been hard at work here in Clearwater getting some videos for the YouTubes. Hopefully those videos are helping you out. School of Hard Truth is something that we've launched recently. As I mentioned, I think last time the School of Hard Truth is one of those things where we tell you things that maybe are uh, not popular out there, but they are truths and they're hard to hear sometimes. Uh, the last weekend in, on YouTube, we published a video about spins and how uh, you know, our obsession with spins as pickleball players uh, can sometimes lead to, or oftentimes I should say, lead to problems with our game and that getting away from those spins can really help you improve as a pickleball player. And if you don't, haven't added spins yet to your game, stay away from them until, you, until you're ready for them. And once you're ready for them, that's great, but uh, spins are really not necessary to play the game. But that's part of the hard truth, uh, school of hard truths that we have. And our objective there is to bring you these kind of messages aimed always at helping you become the pickleball player that you want to be. And so, and the other thing we've been working on is we've been working on on the success path. Uh, if you know, if you follow us at We Are Pickleball, you know that uh, we're launching our success path in March. And you know, it's going to be like chock full of good stuff, but that obviously requires a significant lift on our end. So we've been working on that as well. So exciting stuff. Hope you're having a good week as well out there, wherever you're at and whatever you're up to these days. This week, we're going to continue our conversation about the soft game. But what we're going to do this week is we're going to talk about the paradox of the soft game, which I think is kind of interesting. And it's, it might help you frame it out a little better. And then I'm going to try and give you a couple more reasons why you should add the soft game into your life if you don't haven't already brought it into your life. And if you have already started bringing it into your life or you already understand the soft game, then maybe this will give you some context for that as well and or some, uh, some backing. In other words, like you'll feel more confident about having added it to your game, understanding these concepts. And in the riff, we're going to pick up on the challenge that we started two weeks ago. Last week, we took a little bit of a break to talk about avoidance of injury. Um, but this week, we're going to re-pick up the challenge. And I'm going to give you a challenge in the riff so you can continue adding to your athletic pillar and become the pickleball player that you want to be. Stay tuned for the podcast. If you want to have the most fun you've ever had on the pickleball court while at the same time learning the skills and strategies that you need to play your best pickleball, check out our We Are Pickleball camps. You can find out more at wearepickleball.com forward slash camps. I'll link to it below in the show notes. When you're ready to treat yourself to the best and most immersive pickleball camp available anywhere, join us at a We Are Pickleball camp. You'll find our 2022 schedule in the link below. This much fun should be illegal. All right, let's jump into the soft game. Last week, we talked about uh, four uses of the soft game, give you some specifics on it and defined it out for you. Let's talk a little bit this week about more about the paradox of the soft game because I think it's an it's an interesting aspect of our sport that makes it different than some other sports and is I think one of the reasons why those of us who play pickleball continue to play pickleball because these objectives these goals inside pickleball are more available than they would be in other sports and let me start framing it out so so I don't lose you here uh, so think of a think of any other sport think of, of baseball for instance right. Uh, and say you want it to be a really good baseball player. Uh, well, if you want to be a really good baseball player, the skill sets that you need to accomplish that are pretty um, hard to achieve. Whether, let's say you want it to be a pitcher, right? You want to be a pitcher, you need to be able to master these kind of pitches. You need to be able to throw balls at certain rates of speed, which are very difficult for the average person to, to master. The same thing if you want to be a center fielder, you need to have certain speed that's very difficult to master. Um, there's other sports like basketball where 
I mean, there are some exceptions like Spud Webb, I think was 5'8 or something. But for the most part, I mean, you look at, at NBA players and they're very tall. So the best in their sports have certain physical characteristics and not just physical characteristics because that's, that's not fair, but they also, um, I mean, there are physical characteristics, but there are, there's also another set of them. For instance, like top tennis players. Top tennis players can serve over 120 miles an hour normally. Men players, women players, I think, normally serve over like 100, I believe, is, is kind of a good threshold for a female player. But the, the point is that they basically have, there's certain skills that they need to be able to master that are pretty involved and that a lot of us look at and go, well, you know, for me to master that skill, that's going to be a full-time job. Let's compare that to pickleball. In pickleball, if you watch the best players in the world, so you're watching Ben Johns or Simone or Tyson McGuffin or any of those players, right? Or Catherine Parentau. When you watch them play, the vast majority of their shots, most of what they're doing out there consists of the soft game. And when you break down the soft game, when you look at the types of shots that you need in order to master the soft game, those are shots that are available to you, to me, to him, to her, to everybody who plays pickleball. There is, there is nothing magical or nothing unattainable about the types of shots that are used by the best players in our game in the matches that count. So when you watch them play, you know, the majority, the, the big matches, right? The finals, the, the matches that are like, you know, everything's on the line. The shots that they resort to are shots that are available to you and to me. And so that's very different than other sports because again, in other sports, you watch them and you go, wow, how did, you know, gymnastics or anything, you know, how, how do you do that? And you understand that there are certain, I mean, it's just years and years and years of training to get to that. Not suggesting it doesn't require training to do what we do in pickleball, but you know, you can immediately start adding the soft game to your game. You can immediately start working on your dinks. You can immediately start working on your third shots, on your block volleys, on your transition resets and things like that, and be able to emulate the game played by the best players out there. And what's interesting to me, and the, maybe this is the, the so that's kind of the, the, the framing I wanted to give it, but the, what's interesting is the paradox, I guess, is that rec players think the soft game is a, a fantasy. Like I, I've had several comments about it being a myth, you know, about it being like, I don't know, like not a thing. Um, those players, I, I'm not trying to be critical of those players, but I don't think that they're, that they've really spent the time that we have anyway, thinking about the game, studying the game, watching the top matches being played with a critical eye, you know, where you're, you're watching it, you know, to see what strategy are those players employing when they're out there playing. If you do that, then you understand that they use the soft game and they, they, they being the best players, the best pros use the soft game because the soft game is the most effective way to play this game. If there was another way to play the game that was more effective than the soft game in a big picture, what do you think the pros and the or the best players and the pros would be doing? They would be using that approach. Remember, the, the best player, like again, let's take Simone and Ben. They can hit the ball any way you want them to hit the ball. They can hit it hard, they can curb it, they can smash it, they can do anything they want to do. They earn it, well, Simone doesn't do it too much, but you know what I mean. They can earn it, they can do all these things. But they, and they'll do it sometimes, right? But the vast majority of their shots are soft game shots. And so ask yourself, if that player there 
understands the game. I think we would agree that those players understand pickleball as well as anybody does. Um, they want to win, right? There's money on the line if you want to look at it that way. But even without the money, they still want to win. They want to be the best. They're out there competing. They're battling. They're 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 picking the most effective uh, arrows from their quiver, if you will. They're basically pulling out the best thing they can think of to win in that situation. And what they go to again and again and again is the soft game. Yet, rec players will resist that, even though, and this is perhaps the paradox, even though they, they resist going to a strategy that is more easily available to them to improve their game than the strategy that they're currently trying to use. So that's what's, that's what's odd, is that you have this, this battle between... Um, it's almost, it's a self-defeating, right? Because you say, you say to a player, you say, the soft game is where you want to be. And the player says, no, that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to try and do this other thing. And so they're trying to do something that, A, is harder to do, right? Drive balls, spin balls, that kind of stuff. It's just way harder. And, and, and B, it's unnecessary. And C, it's not the most effective approach, the most effective approach is the simpler approach, which is the soft game, right? And simpler in the sense of once you start, once you work on it some, the techniques are pretty simple. You just have to work on them, right? And and that's something that we do at We Are Pickleball all the time is, you know, we're working on simplifying the game for our members, for, for folks who work with us. And so again, sometimes we're contrarians. We're viewed as contrarians. That's why the School of Art Truths I mentioned earlier as well. You know, <clears throat> we're basically... Suggesting to players things that the players are saying, well, that looks too simple. I, that can't be it. That can't be the answer. And what we're telling you is, yes, that's the answer. And it's not just us telling you it's the answer. We're telling you, put on a, a pro match and watch the majority of their shots. Not the fancy ATP that everybody... No, watch the bulk of the shots. Watch the majority of the shots that they're hitting. They involve the soft game. And if you want to see like a snippet of that or a, a summary of that, you can go to Into Pickle, our YouTube channel at Into Pickle. And there's a video that we did with breaking down a Simona Jardim, Lucy Kovalova against Lee Waters and Lee Waters match. It was a finals, a big match. Everybody wanted to win. Everybody's scratching and clawing to get, get that win. And what you'll see in that match is you'll see um, Simona and Lucy implement a magical, a masterful, I should say, uh, soft game approach and win the match using a soft game approach. So that's the, the paradox of the paradox, I'm sorry, of the soft game. Um, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I'm gonna table the conversation about why you should have the soft game or additional reasons you should have soft game if this isn't enough. I'll talk about that next week's podcast because we've already run a little bit long today. But I think, you know, hopefully just understand that, that this is, that soft game is the most effective way to play the game and it's available to you. So if you put those two factors together, why would you not want to add the soft game into your game? Next week, I'm going to give you a couple more reasons to add the soft game and, and, and how you're going to feel on the court with it. But that hopefully is enough for this week in terms of helping you understand the soft game paradox and consider adding the soft game to your game. And even if you add it to your game, improve on it, make it a bigger part of your game. All right, in the riff, we're going to talk about, I'm going to give you actually a challenge that I'm going to be doing next week as well. You're going to be doing it. I'm going to be doing it. We're going to be working together on the athletic pillar to get you where you want to be on the pickleball court. Stay tuned for the riff. Most pickleball players spend a lot of time thinking about and comparing pickleball paddles. But you know what's more important than a pickleball paddle? Your shoes. Are you wearing the right kind of shoes to play pickleball in? If you're not sure, 
consider trying out shoes that are designed and made specifically for pickleball. Tyrol shoes are the shoes that CJ and I both wear out on the pickleball court. Remove any doubt about whether the shoes you're wearing are right for pickleball. Check out Tyrol shoes. I'll put a link in the show notes. Protect your most valuable asset out there, your body, with the right shoes. Wear the right shoes and play longer on the court. Last week, we skipped over the challenge. The two weeks ago, we gave you a challenge to balance. It's a, it was a balance challenge. If you haven't uh, seen that one, go back to episode, I'm going to say it was 71, uh, where we did the, the challenge. It's in the title too, so you'll see it in there. But basically, there's a challenge about balancing. This week, we're going to switch a little bit to like full body and cardio. You're going to see it in a second. And it's something that I've been doing um, on the daily. Not on the daily. I would say I've been doing it about half the time. So uh, we're going to set a target of four times this week. So four times this next week, what we're going to do is we are going to walk for, you have to walk for about at least 20 minutes, but 30 minutes is a better target. So 20 to 30 minute walk, uh, even if you're up in the snow or something like that, I mean, wait till, you know, it's not icy and you ain't going to fall, but go out and take a walk. And what's important here is you're gonna uh, you're going to go to YouTube and you're gonna YouTube a video that shows you how to walk. And actually, I'm gonna find the video that I use and I'm gonna put it in the in the note in the show notes. There's a video that I watched. I thought it was fantastic. It shows you how to walk. I'm 52, learning how to walk, but that's life, you know, always learning. So next week, in the during the next week, four times, walk 20 to 30 minutes. It'll help your back, your hips, your cardio, everything. Well, that's this week's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it on uh, Apple or wherever you're at and share it with your friends. If you liked it, they probably will too. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.